Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Casper. It is the Man Cave Football Podcast, and I am Dan Casper as always. Special thanks to my good friend Morgan McCarthy for the nice intro there. Luke Anthony with the music. Luke, you can hear him with me on mornings at uh, Dan Casper in the Morning Locker Room. Sports Talk 105.179 AM. Spicing up the podcast here a little bit as we get ready for a new season. It is the Man Cave Football Podcast where we talk everything football related. Uh, NFL celebrating 100 seasons this year. So we're going to kick off the new season. Kind of doing a nice little fun project that I did. So back in 2010, the NFL Network did their version of the top 100 NFL players of all time. So I figured, you know what? NFL celebrating 100 seasons. Why not create my own 100 top 100 players of all time? So uh, it's a project that took a while, took a lot of editing, subbing players in and out. And you know what? I, I don't know if... My list, uh, if I'm completely satisfied with it at this point, but you know what? It's as best as it's going to do because at some point you just kind of have to shut your computer off and say stop thinking, stop trying to move players all around and taking people out of that top 100 and inserting different players. At some point you just kind of have to walk away, and I'm at that point right now where I'm comfortable walking away from my top 100 players. So in this podcast and in the next few, few episodes, we're going to do 20 players at a time. So in this one going players 100 through 81 now this is just my opinion you can disagree with it uh if you want or you know you can agree with it uh, maybe if there's some of you out there that would wouldn't mind uh, agreeing with the with these picks but you know if you do have some thoughts on them we got a new feature on the podcast where you can participate in the podcast now so uh, after you listen to the podcast if you want to give me some of your thoughts uh by recording uh, it's not just necessarily tweeting or sending me Facebook messages or or on uh, on Facebook. Now you can record yourself. You can record me a, ves- a message, like a voicemail message. And if it's appropriate, I'll play it on the next podcast. So uh, after I go through my picks, you can kind of give me your thoughts, whether I overrank somebody, underrank somebody, whatever have you. And maybe I'll play it in the next podcast. So you can do that by going to anchor.fm slash football slash message now that link is available on on the itunes uh app if you if you listen through there or other various uh, outlets out there as well so even if you can't remember it just google it it's right there again to send me a voice message you can do it by going to anchor.fm slash man football slash message so there you go kind of a new thing we're gonna have with the podcast uh this this upcoming season but you know what Let's get at it right away. Let's get the countdown started at number 100. And you know what? This was this was a guy that I really struggled where to slot him. Was he a top 100 player? Was he not a top 100 player? Um, how much did he benefit from his teammates? Is he a system type of guy? Ultimately, though, I went with uh, putting him at the top 100, and he comes in at the number 100 spot. I'm going with quarterback Troy Aikman, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer. You know, he's got the three Super Bowls, obviously. That's the big thing. Super Bowl MVP, six-time Pro Bowler. Never was an MVP, uh, a regular season MVP. And if you look at his stats, I mean, he's got a 61.5% completion percentage, uh, just under 33,000 yards passing in his career 165 touchdowns 141 interceptions uh quarterback record of a 94 and 71 did he benefit from some pretty dang good dallas teams 
Absolutely. That offensive line was outstanding. He had Michael Irvin, uh, Emmett Smith behind him, so I think he did benefit from that. But the quarterback position is the most important position for a football team, especially in the NFL, so I do have to give him some credit for that. And I'm not trying to knock Troy Aikman at all. I'm not trying to knock Troy Aikman at all. He's a good quarterback. Is he a top 100 player? I think he just makes that cut right now. But I do think he does benefit a lot from what was surrounded with him. And I, you know, when I was going back and forth on this, I, this was kind of an interesting thought I had. You know, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, and we talked about it with Brett Favre and a little bit with Peyton Manning when he only won one Super Bowl. And that's kind of the talk going on right now with Aaron Rodgers. He's got to win one more Super Bowl to kind of climb that GOAT status. It seems like a lot. When we talk about quarterbacks in the NFL, we credit them more for if they get multiple Super Bowl championships. But in terms of Troy Eggman, who has three Super Bowl championships, it he kind of gets knocked down a peg because, well, look at the guys he had around him. So, you know, To me, football is the ultimate team sport. A quarterback can take you a long ways. Take you a long ways. But you need the other 10 guys on that starting offense to help you out. You need the other 11 guys on defense to help you out. You need a pretty solid head coach, play callers, all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of a fine line. You know, Aaron Rodgers gets penalized because he's got one Super Bowl. Peyton Manning was getting criticized because he had one Super Bowl. Yet Troy Aikman now. I'm kind of making a case. Yeah, he, he's at 100 for me. He's not any higher because look what he had around him. Ultimate team game. It's the ultimate team game. Remember that when we talk about quarterbacks. Who's the best of all time? It's the ultimate team game. Remember that when we talk about when we criticize quarterbacks for only having one Super Bowl or not having any Super Bowls like Dan Marino. It's the ultimate team game. Troy Aikman coming in at number 100 for me on my top 100 players of all time. Coming in at number 99 is a guy that I've been banging on the table for a long time to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He finally did it a couple of years ago. I think he gets overlooked so many times, and you could probably make the case that I have him uh, too low on this list. He probably should be a little bit higher. But I got him at number 99. He wasn't in the top 100 players uh, when the NFL Network did it in 2010. But, again, I think this guy is... A, tr- uh, a guy that kind of almost created his own position in the NFL a little bit there. I mean, there was a couple other guys that kind of played the same position as him, but really overlooked in terms of what he did on the field and the impact that he had on the field. Coming in at number 99, I'm going with Kevin Green. Uh, he's still third. Third on the all-time sacks list behind Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Julius Peppers almost caught him. Julius Peppers is actually a half a sack uh, behind Kevin Green right now. But Kevin Green, uh, I got coming in at number three, outside linebacker, prototypical 3-4 outside linebacker. You look at the today's game, a lot of defense is playing 3-4, looking for those edge rushers, those outside linebackers. That was Kevin Green. Uh, Kevin Green, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, a defensive player of the year in 1996, led the NFL in, in sacks twice throughout his career. I think that's a guy that really, honestly, gets overlooked quite a bit. He really does. I mean, 160 sacks in his career. Reggie White has 198. Bruce Smith leading them all with uh, 200 right now. I, Kevin Green, for whatever reason, it, it took him a long time to get in the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He finally did a couple years ago with Brett Favre there. I, I'm a big Kevin Green fan, and I think he gets overlooked for the impact that he had on the field. He was a he was a monster, and he was reliable. 
The dude was extremely reliable. 85, his rookie year, 15 games. Six, this is, his rookie year was 1985. Called it a career in 1999. These are the amount of games he played every single season. I'm just going to go down the line. 15, 16, 9, 16, 16, 15, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 14, 15, 16. Guy was on the field all the time. I think we need to start giving Kevin Green a little bit more respect and uh, and putting his uh, appropriate place in Pro Football Hall of Fame history. Finally in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But when we talk about some of the best players of all time, we cannot overlook Kevin Green. I know he was knocked because, you know what, maybe he was a liability in the run game. No, watch the tape. Watch the film. Dude could set the edge, too. Kevin Green coming in at number 99 for me on this list. Number 98, I'm going with another guy that uh, recently just finally got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Packers Hall of Famer Jerry Kramer coming in at number 98. Again, another guy that wasn't in the original top 100 players, which honestly he should have been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame a long time ago. It was a huge oversight uh, by the committee for not inducting him in earlier. Two-time Super Bowl champion. We know he won some championships before they became Super Bowls. Uh, So a total of five NFL championships. Three-time Pro Bowler, but a five-time first-team All-Pro. Two times he was on the second-team All-Pro. 1960s All-Decade team. Jerry Kramer, for me, comes in at number 98. Finally getting the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Again, another overlooked player in terms of the greatness. I know Lombardi's Packers had a lot of talent on there and a very good coach, one of the best coaches, and not the best coach of all time. But Jared Kramer should be uh, deserves to be in that conversation with one of the best Packers on those uh, 60s dynasty teams. So I got Jared Kramer for me coming in at number 98. Fran Tarkenton coming in at number 97 uh, on my list here. And when you look at Fran Tarkenton, some of the stuff that pops out for him, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, All-Pro first team in 1975, second team 1973, was the NFL MVP in 1975, over 47,000 yards passing, uh, 342 touchdowns. But when you think about Fran Tarkenton, it was his mobility that, that kind of really stands out. And when you talk about the mobile quarterback, Fran Tarkinson might have been the first uh, one that really comes to mind for a lot of NFL historians and analysts out there. So coming in at number 97, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback, Fran Tarkinson, because he kind of started maybe the uh, the the mobile quarterback era, if you will. Maybe, it actually was probably a little bit ahead of his time when you think about the 70s because it still took a little bit more after that. Randall Cunningham, Steve Young, of course, Michael Vick, and then some of the quarterbacks we have now. But uh, Fran Tarkinson... Maybe a little bit more known for his rushing ability, but was still a pretty dang good passer as well. But uh, he comes in at number 97 on my list. And we got another quarterback coming in at 96. And this was a guy that wasn't uh, in the original top 100. He makes my top 100, though. I'm going with Buffalo Bills great Jim Kelly. Now, Jim Kelly was an interesting one for me as well. I kept going back and forth. But then I, I went back to the discussion I had about Troy Aikman and quarterbacks. Jim Kelly went to four straight Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills, didn't win one. If Jim Kelly wins one of those Super Bowls, is Jim Kelly considered maybe a better quarterback in a lot of people's eyes? You know, if he would have just won one, heck, if he would have won two, how far does he climb up on people's rankings? 
Jim Kelly, a five-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in 91, two-time second-team All-Pro. Uh, I just said went to four straight Super Bowls. And he did spend a little time in the USFL, uh, Went to was playing for Houston between 1984 and 1985, didn't want to go to Buffalo there. So, But you can't deny what he did during his time with Buffalo. Uh, the run-and-shoot offense over there was throwing it all over the place. Uh, ended up finishing his career with the Buffalo Bills from 1986 to 1996 with 35,000 passing yards, just a little over 35,000, 237 touchdowns and 175 interceptions. Now you can look at him and say, well, he had Thurman Thomas behind him, uh, won an MVP, had Andre Reid, James Lawson there towards the end of his career as well, uh, Bruce Smith on defense. Yeah, he benefited like Troy Aikman too. But you know what, Jim Kelly, I, I really believe Jim Kelly, if he would have won at least one Super Bowl, he probably would be viewed a little bit higher in terms of the quarterback ranking list for a lot of people out there, if you would have just won one of those Super Bowls, but you cannot deny the fact going to four straight Super Bowls is pretty doggone doggone impressive from Jim Kelly. So coming in at number 96, I'm going to go with Buffalo Bills Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly. Coming in at number 95, going back in the day with a player that played from 1948 to 1961 with both the New York Giants and finishing up his career for a couple seasons with the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to go with Emlyn Tunnel. Emlyn Tunnel coming in at number 95 for me. Two-time NFL champion, nine-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro, was listed to the 1950s All-Decade team. Uh, He was the first African-American to play for the New York Giants and the first to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's a defensive back, uh, safety for the Giants and the Packers, finishing up his career there. But uh, 79 interceptions, 79 interceptions. The majority of his time playing in the 50s. That's an impressive number. It's a very impressive number. I mean, these are, this is, so starting in 1948 and uh, finishing up, let's go to 1960. He played one year night, uh, with the Packers in 1961, but didn't have any, any interceptions. But this was his numbers and in interception wise 7, 10, 7, 9, 7, 6, 8, 7, 6, 6, 1, 2, 3. On interceptions for maybe a non-big uh, passing league back in the day. So, uh, Tunnel, Emlyn Tunnel coming in for me at number 95 on this list. Coming in at number 94, we're going to go running back. And he spent his career playing in the AFC West. Of course, I'm talking about Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro Second-team All-Pro once, most valuable player in 1985, also the Offensive Player of the Year that same year, and the Rookie of the Year in 1982. Marcus Allen uh, starting his career off with the Raiders, finishing up with the Kansas City Chiefs, his playing career 1982 to 1997, a total of 12,243 yards rushing, and uh, he amassed 123 rushing touchdowns. Uh, so Marcus Allen, the longtime Raider running back who finished up his career. And I know you Tech Mobile lovers out there. Yeah, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson all day, right? Uh, but also finishing up his career with the Kansas City Chiefs. So Marcus Allen, uh, solid, solid, one of the best running backs of all time, at least in my uh, my my personal opinion, going back to the college game and the pro game. I got Marcus Allen coming in at number 94. Now, my next pick may surprise some of you out there. 
I've been an advocate for his as well uh, for a while, but it really maybe got me to thinking maybe he was one of the better players of all time, like a top 100 player of all time when the report came out a couple of months ago because I think the NFL is planning to do a top 100 players list, an updated version, and they've got coaches, analysts, writers, all that helping come up with the list. And Bill Belichick apparently was banging on the table for this guy to be included in the top 100. I thought he was one of the best players, but when Bill Belichick says he's a top 100 player, you listen to Bill Belichick, former Green Bay Packer, Clark Hinkle, fullback linebacker, uh, coming in at number 93 for me on this list. Two-time NFL champion, uh, seven-time first-team All-Pro, uh, 1930s All-Decade team, was considered uh, one of the toughest players in the era of the Ironman football. Uh, he played both sides uh, of the game, fullback and linebacker, was also a kicker and a punter, and he was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as part of its second class of inductees in 1964. Uh, Packers fans know Clark Hinkle. They probably know the name Hinkle Field, where they do some practicing over there outside of the Don Hudson Center. But I'm going with Clark Hinkle. Throwing it back there a little bit, thanks to a nod from Bill Belichick, because if Bill Belichick uh, doesn't give him that endorsement, I don't know if he makes my 100, he'd be close. Because uh, you know, you got to go way back in the day and, and read a lot about Clark Hinkle and actually what he did for the Packers. It's not necessarily a homer pick, if you will, but it does help when Bill Belichick gives you an endorsement there too. But uh, he was absolutely dominant back in the day and was one of the toughest players when football was just this gritty, iron, you know, playing both sides, Ironman football, where you got to play almost the whole time, 60 minutes football, right? Uh, even though it wasn't 60 minutes back in the day. But, uh, no, Clark Hinkle uh, coming in at number 93 for me on this list. Number 92 is a guy that spent a long time in the NFL, and it seemed like he never lost a step. Cornerback Daryl Green, longtime Washington Redskins cornerback, played from 1983 to 2002, was a two-time Super Bowl champ, four-time First-team All-Pro in 1986, 1987, 1990, 1991. One of the fastest NFL players of all time. He was a small dude. He was only 5'9", pounds. But the guy played from 1983 to 2002, amassing um, 54 interceptions. And still, it seemed like he never lost a step from 1983 to 2002. One of the fastest players to ever play the National Football League and to play it at the cornerback position for that long and still be that effective, that effective of a player. Extremely impressive. And to play all those years with just one team. Daryl Green, for me, coming in at number 92 on this list. Number 91, we're going to go with another quarterback. Get used to seeing a lot of quarterbacks on this list. It's almost a quarter of the uh, uh, of the list is quarterbacks. Not quite, though, but another one coming in at number 91. Going to go with San Francisco 49ers great Steve Young. So when Steve Young got his time to shine for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, he was a Super Bowl MVP. He did get uh, three Super Bowls, but uh, helping out uh, backing up Joe Montana there. But he was a seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, and then a three-time second-team All-Pro was the NFL's MVP for two times, uh, 1992 and 1994. You know, when we're talking about Fran Tarkenton, the mobile quarterbacks, Steve Young was definitely one of those mobile quarterbacks, too. Uh, you know, when you see films from him, you, you probably vision him 
running the ball uh, around maybe a little bit more than uh, than actually passing, but he was still a pretty dang good passer, and his quarterback rating is one of the best of all time. But he finished up his uh, career with 33,000 yards passing, 232 touchdowns, 107, uh, 107 interceptions. So Steve Young, and when you look at uh, some of his rushing numbers, over 4,000 yards rushing in his career, 4,239 to be exact, 43, 43 touchdowns rushing for Steve Young too. So Steve Young coming in at number 91 for me on this list. At number 90 is the first current player to hit the list. So this guy is still playing in the NFL but he lands on my list as already a top 100 player of all time. And it might be a little bit of a reach, but hear me out. Coming in at number 90, Denver Broncos edge rusher Von Miller. Von Miller coming in at number 90, and here's why. Von Miller is on the path to becoming, I think, one of the best defensive players to ever play this game in his young career. He's already got over 440 tackles. He's got 98 sacks already, 25 forced fumbles. Uh, the dude's already made the Pro Bowl seven times. I know the Pro Bowl is not really, you know, a benchmark anymore in terms of, of their careers. But three-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro was a defensive player of the year, or excuse me, defensive rookie of the year, 2011. So I think he's on his way to being one of the best defensive players of all time. So when it comes to you know Von Miller, his rookie year is in 2011. And I just went over those All-Pro numbers with him. And it's only 2019, so I think a 98 sacks already. I think he's well on his way for being one of the best defensive players of all the time. Honestly, if you think that I should have actually have him higher on this list, I probably wouldn't argue with you. I I really wouldn't. But maybe the fact that he hasn't won a defensive player of the year award yet, uh, maybe is a little bit of a knock on him. But I still think he's going to be one of the best defensive players of all time. So that's why he comes in at number 90 on this list. So to recap, uh, the first, uh, the the picks 100 through 90, Troy Aikman coming in at 100, Kevin Green coming in at number 99, Jerry Kramer 98, Fran Tarkenton 97, Jim Kelly at 96, Emlyn Tunnell at 95, Marcus Allen at 94, Clark Hinkle at 93, Daryl Green at 92, Steve Young at 91, and Von Miller coming in at number 90. Let's get to the 80s. Num- coming in at number 89, we got an offensive lineman, Bruce Matthews, a longtime Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans offensive lineman, 1983 to 2001, 14-time Pro Bowler, nine-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, I've got Bruce Matthews a long time. I mean, a benchmark when you talk about uh, talk about guard. I mean, he played all, all over guard, center, tackle, snapper. Matthews heritage, Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews is third. Uh, so, I mean, the Matthews family, Clay Matthews Sr., Matthews family is practically football royalty right now. He's the father of Jake Matthews, uh, who's right now with the Atlanta Falcons. So I got Bruce Matthews, the longtime solid offensive lineman for the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans, coming in at number 89 for me. Number 88, uh, we're going back to the defensive line, back uh, to Vince Lombardi's uh, 1960s Packers. I'm going Willie Davis, uh, the defensive end, coming at number 88. And honestly, I mean, if if they would have kept stats for sacks back in Willie Davis's era, he might be the all-time sack leader, and he 
probably more than likely would be higher up on this list, too, and maybe viewed a little higher in terms of uh, NFL historians and NFL analysts and all that. But the, the knock on him, I mean, and it's not his fault, is that they didn't keep stats for sacks. And a lot of people out there actually believe that he would be up on that list and maybe even number one on the all-time sacks list if, if they would have kept that kept those stats. So coming in at number 88, I'm going to go with uh, Packers defensive lineman Willie Davis. Number 87, we're going to go tight end on this one. I got Ozzie Newsom coming in at number 87, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro was the 1980s All-Decade team. I think one of the better tight ends that, that we have seen. Obviously, we know him a little bit more recently with his general manager work with the Baltimore Ravens there. But uh, I got Ozzie Newsom, 47 touchdowns, just under 8,000 yards receiving, uh, but averaged uh, over double-digits yards per reception in every single year of his career except one, 1988, but he was at 9.8 right there. So Ozzie Newsom, one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, for me comes in at number 87. And speaking of Baltimore Ravens, I got another one coming in at number 87. Six, Ozzie Newsom was a general manager for the Baltimore Ravens. We've got a Baltimore Raven player coming in at number 86, and that's Jonathan Ogden, the longtime tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, Pro Football Hall of Famer, played his whole career with the Ravens, one of the best left, left tackles in the game, four-time four first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, won a Super Bowl, 2000s All-Decade Team, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer as well, started in 176 games, played in 177 games. Jonathan Ogden, one of the best offensive linemen, one of the best tackles in the game, for me, coming in at number 86. Number 85 uh, probably will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame pretty soon here. Safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Troy Palomalu coming in at number 85 for me. Troy uh, got the Defensive Player of the Year award in 2010, a two-time Super Bowl winner, eight-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, Troy Palomalu, playing his whole career with the Pittsburgh Steelers starting in 2003 all the way to 2014, uh, amassing 32 interceptions, but... Yeah, yeah, he was known for his long hair, but uh, was blitzing up the middle, off the edge too. Uh, blitzing safety there, uh, making making a lot of plays there. Diving interceptions, he was all over the field. Had a little issue, uh, maybe staying healthy at times uh, in the middle part of his career there. But he was a playmaker all across the field. So I'm going with Troy Palomalu, who was a threat. I mean, if you're an opposing opposing quarterback, you were looking across the field to see where number 43 was going to be at, and sometimes even that uh, uh, wasn't good enough because he would just be all over the place at, at once, it seemed like. So Troy Palomalu, for me, coming in at number 85. Number 84, we're going to go with another current player. So this per- player is still in the NFL. Going to go wide receiver Julio Jones coming in at number 84. Six-time Pro Bowler for Julio Jones, two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, led the league so far in uh, receiving yards twice. But take a look at these numbers. So he was a rookie in 2011. Okay, he's already ha- he already has over um, 10,000 receiving yards, 10,731 to be exact, 51 touchdowns. These were his receiving yards. In every single year of his career, his short career so far, 959 his rookie year, uh, just under 1,200 his second year, 580 yards in just five games played in 2013. Then, 
just under 1,600 yards, over 1,800 yards, over 1,400 yards, another season of over 1,400 yards, and this past season, over 1,600 yards. One of the most physically dominating wide receivers in the game. Averaged uh, yards per game. Starting in uh, his rookie year was 73, then 74.9, then 116, 106, 116, 190, and 104.8 to be exact from this past year. So uh, I got Julio Jones as one of the most physically gifted wide receivers coming in at number 84. And right ahead of him is another one of the best physically gifted wide receivers that the NFL has ever seen, and that's Megatron, Calvin Johnson, coming in at number 83. You can easily make the case that Calvin Johnson ended his career a little bit short, early retirement there, uh, playing just from 2007 until 2015. You kind of wonder, it's kind of similar to Barry Sanders. You kind of wonder what kind of numbers he would have put up, but over 11,000 career receiving yards, 83 touchdowns. You, you look at his yards uh, that he received, yards receiving every single season of his career, 756 his, his rookie year, then over 1,300, 984 in 2009. Then he went over 1,100, over 1,600, just under 1,700. Then nearly 2,000 receiving yards in 2012, 1,964 to be honest, uh, just under 1,500 yards, over uh, 1,000 yards. And then his final season in 2015, he amassed over 1,200 yards receiving. Was a three-time first-team All-Pro, was a second-team All-Pro as well. Uh, led the NFL in receiving yards twice in, in his career, but obviously we remember that 2012 season when we were watching to see if he was going to be on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. I mean, some of his highlight plays, it's you know triple coverage, and he's still coming away with the football. So Calvin Johnson, and honestly, if he probably would have played a little bit longer, he'd be higher up on this list because I think his numbers would just be amazing and eye-popping, and he was definitely one of the best physical wide receivers in the game. Calvin Johnson coming in at number 83 for me. Number 82, we're going to go with Willie Brown, cornerback for the Raiders. Actually started his career off with the Denver Broncos, but uh, Willie Brown coming in, three-time Super Bowl champion, two-time first-team All-Pro in the NFL, was also uh, three-time first-team All-AFL back in the 60s. But uh, Willie Brown coming in on my list at number 82. When you look at some of his stats, when we combine everything on here, uh, his interceptions, because uh, that's what you kind of look for, you know, when we look at these defensive backs, these quarterbacks. Fifty-four uh, interceptions in his career. So Willie Brown, one of the best cornerbacks of all time. You know, if you watch the NFL draft, uh, he's that guy that uh, always says, "Make sure you wish every mother a happy Mother's Day." But uh, Willie Brown coming in at number eighty-two for me. The final pick on this podcast coming in at number eighty-one, linebacker. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks is coming in at number 81 for me on this list. From 1995 to 2008, he led that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense to his Super Bowl championship. He was an 11-time Pro Bowler, 5-time first-team All-Pro, 4-time second-team All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year in 2002. Derek Brooks, look at these tackle numbers. In his career, just three short of 1,300, 1,297 tackles throughout his career. But he actually might be known a little bit more for his interceptions. I uh, got 25 interceptions throughout his career. Uh, inside linebacker for that Tampa Bay defense, they had Warren Sapp, John Lynch, 
Rondé Barber, lots of uh, big studs on that defense. But Derek Brooks, one of the best inside linebackers, one of the most solid inside linebackers in Tampa Bay Buccaneers history, but also pro football history. So he comes in for me at number 81. So let's recap uh, this list, the first uh, few picks here, the first uh, picks 100 through 81 on my top 100 players of all time. 100, Troy Aikman, 99, Kevin Green, 98, Jerry Kramer, 97, Fran Tarkenton, 96, Jim Kelly, 95, Emlyn Tunnel, 94, Marcus Allen, 93, Clark Hinkle, 92, Daryl Green, 91, Steve Young, number 90, Von Miller, number 89, Bruce Matthews, number 88, Willie Davis, number 87, Ozzie Newsom, number 86, Jonathan Ogden, number 85, Troy Palomalu, number 84, Julio Jones, number 83, Calvin Johnson, number 82, Willie Brown, and number 81, Derek Brooks. Your thoughts. I want your feedback on my first selections of my top 100 NFL players of all time. Let's hear them. Coming up in the next episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast, we'll go picks 80 to 61. 80 to 61. Give you a little bit of a hint. No current players are on this one. No current players are on this one. That's the only hint I'm going to give you, though. But this is the Man Cave Football Podcast. Appreciate you listening. As always, I'm Dan Casper. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And uh, we're available wherever all popular podcasts are out there. Google uh, Google Podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Subscribe and uh, feel free to give us a rating. Just make it a good one. I'm Dan Casper, and this is the Man Cave Football Podcast.